All right, guys, welcome back to uh, another edition of FinTech Fridays. I'm Brian View, uh, your host. We are, uh, I'm, we're joined by a real special guest. I'll introduce Phil in a moment here, but before we get rolling, uh, I just noticed that we're like closing in or we just went past our 40th uh, episode of this little uh, podcast that started out as uh, a challenge that I reacted to that uh, has now become uh, kind of a fun thing that I get to do every week. And what we've been doing is uh, a lot of times me having conversations with people I've either just met or I'm just meeting and in trying to share those conversations to help others kind of meet real interesting, connected people in our industry. And that there is uh, there is no one that's uh, more excited about introducing to the industry that may not know him already is than Phil Fox, who's the founder and CEO of Optus Group Holdings. Phil, welcome to FinTech Fridays. Thank you, Brian. I'm pleased to be here. Thank you for inviting me. I'm a fan of FinTech Friday. I've, I've watched when I can uh, between other meetings. Uh, so thank you very much. Love uh, love to spend some time with you today. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. And, and, you know, the title of FinTech Fridays, you know, doesn't always focus exclusively on tech, but I do think our conversation today will, will be the intersection of uh, technology, marketing, uh, data, and, um, and real life, and, right. and, how, and how you package the, the, the intersection of all this together. It's something that I've never seen in my experience in mortgage banking, and that's almost three decades long. Um, and so I'm super excited to kind of dive right in. Uh, not even sure where to start. <laughs> every time we, we talk off of the, off the camera, I'm, I lead the conversation just more uh, in awe of, of the power of, of what you're sitting on at Optus. So maybe just start for our audience, uh, introduce yourself, kind of your background, because you have your own mortgage banking background, um, and then how you kind of got to where you got today. And as quickly as we can, let's get into this this powder keg that you're sitting on top of. Yeah, thank you very much. So somehow, I guess we've all passed through this experience of mortgage banking somewhere along the way, right? Some of us have managed to get away from it enough, but still be attached that it feels good. Uh, and the rest of us are, are still fully attached. So, or the rest of the audience is fully attached. So <clears throat> I come from a very uh, high senior level uh, background in mortgage banking with Washington Mutual many, many years ago. Um, uh, very, very in tune with retail production. I uh, directed uh, loan officers downstream from me in the Washington Mutual world. So I, I come out of that space. I understand fully uh, what that looked like 25 years ago and then what it looks like today, which is strangely similar. Yeah. And um, with, with the addition to some very, very powerful technology, which is if we had had that type of this type of stuff avail available to us back in the day, then maybe some of those companies would still be standing. I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, but so uh, my background is in, in mortgage banking. I, uh, I own I'm the founder of Optus Group Holdings. We are a management consulting firm. We work inside and outside of the financial sector. Uh, I won't uh, bore, this, bore the listeners with what we do outside of financial, um, but we are very, very well tied into both mortgage and real estate based on 
some intellectual property we own and some governances over some very, very important data that we transition into uh, physical production for the mortgage banking space. Love it. And uh, I think you and I connected on a bunch of different levels, but, you know, we sadly were, uh, we experienced similar uh, uh, ends to parts of our career uh, in 2008-ish. <laughs> so, right. uh, right. Mine was, mine was in 1999, and um, I looked back for a little while, but not for very long. So. Good, good for you, yeah. Uh, what, what's interesting is, and you and I had this conversation the other day, what's fascinating to me, and I, I, I look at the, the, the crash of, you know, 07, 08-ish, and uh, how many people actually have come out of that in a really good, in a good spot, and I think there was a lot of lessons learned and I, you know, there's sometimes I look at some of the stuff that happens in our industry today and I'm like, Oh gosh, we're not, we're not doing this again, are we? But it feels different. Um, you know, it feels like, uh, there, there truly were lessons learned and, um, I, I'd love to kind of focus on Optus and how that kind of grew out of your experience, uh, yeah, at Washington Mutual. So great. Um, so as as many of us, you you included, as we led retail channels, our primary focus, of course, was to um, engage and um, grow the realtor builder relationship space, right between mortgage and real estate or mortgage and builders. So um, while that's a very very important category in mortgage and real estate, and and still is, um, one of the things that <clears throat> That, that I discovered toward the end of my tenure with WAMU was, and, and then wound up creating this company around this particular topic, was <clears throat> an alternate business channel that falls from the family law sector. When someone in this country is going through a family law matter, a divorce, and they own real property, a judge eventually will issue a court order, <clears throat> excuse me, mandating either a refinance or a listing. And so <clears throat> I was in graduate school at the end of my end of my tenure with WAMU. I wound up writing and publishing around that topic. And today, one of the things that we do here at Optus Group Holdings is deliver that information in a real sense, not in a not in a lead gen sense. We we deliver physical uh, borrowers or sellers into both the uh, real estate space and mortgage banking space. We do that at a national level, and um, I think we have to we have to understand how deep that pool is in this country, in in a very negative way, if you will. The the the, the occurrence of divorce in this country is exceedingly high, unfortunately. I myself have been through that, uh, which is part of where the model came from. Uh, but we we aggregate um, data from all 3,143 U.S. counties that produce the it produces tomorrow's borrower in a in a cash out refinance sense and or a listing a forced listing capacity. So I I, I think that type of of production set married against traditional realtor builder based business can change the face of any company. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the very first time we talked on this topic, I, I admittedly I left the call thinking, ah, this is lead gen. There's nothing here. Um, you know, everyone's got access to this, right? And 
uh, as you and I just kind of dug in deeper, I, I, I think I'm as early as two minutes into the second time we talked, uh, something, a light bulb went off in my head and I'm like, no, 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 this isn't like everything else. And you, you kind of talked to me about this fact that the industry, our industry, the mortgage industry, the real estate industry sits on top of this data today and we walk all over it, right? Right. Uh, and, and some people are, obviously people are, are working with families that are going through divorce and they're facilitating listings and, and, and refinances as such, but they're, they're doing it at, they're receiving uh, that. They have to be on the receiving end of it. And what you've, you have with, with your data, but more importantly with the program you're putting around the data is a very strategic, actionable way to get in front of being on the receiving end of it. Maybe we just talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so, I mean, very well said. The, today's mortgage banker or real estate agent is, is really simply on the receiving end, someone going through a family law matter that, that does need the, the services and solutions of mortgage or real estate will reach out to those particular entities um, to help solve the problem. Uh, so it's it's a it's uh, we reverse engineered the uh, the path by um, amassing the data and amassing the the actual litigants and placing the litigant in front of the mortgage banker and or real estate agent, but not again not in a lead gen sense. So one of the one of the things we talked about a long time ago was how different our data is than what the industry recognizes as lead gen. So because the data that we manage has a demand feature to it, a judge will order either a listing or a refinance, completely changes the calculus on the data that we own and, right. and distribute across across the industry. Our partners are, are both from mortgage and from real estate. And I think uh, for, for you and I anyway, Back in the day, and, and still today, the pardon the pun, but the marriage between mortgage and real estate loan officer and realtor, if if when built correctly, the utilization of what we deliver changes their landscape completely, and uh, and what what we've done as we've engaged Finlocker, which we can't I can't even express. I've told you many times how pleased we are with our engagement with Finlocker. We've done uh, we've done something that's very similar to what you guys do when you engage any one given mortgage company. You have you have stood up uh, an app for us that goes by the name of My Divorce Journey, and we stack that app right on top of 3.6 million records a year, so as to introduce the litigant to the journey, whereby the loan officer and real estate agent are already paired. So we're doing some of the work on behalf of the, of the lending community and real estate community for them because of the strength and the muscle behind the Finlocker app. We couldn't be more happy. I've, I've shared that with you on, on many, many occasions. Yeah, yeah this is, this is uh, one of the uh, rare occasions on my little podcast that I'll we'll talk. We'll probably go more into Finlocker than I'm usually wanting to do in this setting, but set aside Finlocker. The, the, it's the it's the, the connection of the technology and not only the data but the, the nature of the data in particular that I think is so compelling here and when when we started talking 
about the, the this data that you you own and uh, the more I thought about it the, the journeys that we've built today to support mortgage in real estate there really it's, there's no difference all all we're really talking about is the introduction of this app where it gets introduced and you kind of hit on this traditionally or typically our app is introduced by a lender, a mortgage lender, an enterprise mortgage company that's, that we've worked with to publish an app on their behalf. And a lot of times it's introduced via the loan officer of that lender, and that's how the consumer gets connected to the app. And what what we've been able to do together, and again, it didn't, re didn't really require a lot of programming on our part, which made, made my team happy. Uh, <laughs> we've created a version of FinLocker that's not attached directly to a lender, enterprise lender. It's attached to Optus, and it's in support of uh, families that are going through a, a life-changing event, right? I, uh, I grew up in that, in, in one of those events, and so I don't like to use that divorce word itself because right. it is what it is, but it's a life-changing event. And uh, I think what we saw together was a way to improve, potentially improve some of the, some of the, family situations and the processes they go through. Um, and as important, though, is, is your process for vetting the, the participants in the ecosystem, right? You, you've been very thoughtful about who to bring in from, uh, from a partnership perspective, but also which lenders, which originators, which realtors, brokers are, are part of this. Maybe we talk a little bit about kind of the, the level of vetting that you go through to ensure that when a litigant is being connected through this process that all parties kind of have a, a, the same level of understanding of what's expected of them in this in this journey. Yeah, great, great way to say it. And maybe maybe one way to look at it from our side of the fence is we have uh, again we have reverse engineered the uh, the contact and conversational path. So because we have uh, because we have the access to the litigant, right, which is ultimately the end user of the combined uh, app, uh, My Divorce Journey, and their engagement with the real estate and mortgage banking community because they're the end user. One of the things we've been able to do is um, stack the LO and the real estate agent on the front end of that relationship to begin to open the conversational journey. And to your point about how we vet or what companies we're interested in, in working with or what loan officers or real estate agents might sit on our, our platform, we are very, very cautious about who our clients are and who the loan officers and real estate agents are, not because of any um, questions of LOs or real estate agents, not at all, but more more an ability to for that loan officer or real estate agent to adopt our methodologies and the sensitive the need to be very sensitive with the litigant this is the most disruptive time in their life they will never experience anything like this most likely ever again um, and and that because of that uh, that loan officer and that real estate agent need to address every litigant with the utmost level of empathy and understanding and slow and gentle process because of where they're at emotionally. And so the, the, the mortgage banking space and the, and the real estate space, because of probably because of people like you and I, 
it was it was always a conversation about sell, 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 sell. And right. there's nothing wrong with that in, when it's pointed at the right audience. This is not the right audience for that for that conversational track. It it needs to it needs to be unpacked on behalf of the loan officer and real estate agent, unpackaging at the litigant level what is the what is the task? What is the task with one two three Main Street? What do they want to try to accomplish? Is someone trying to remain in the marital home? Maybe they have minor children, and that's a very important thing that they remain in the marital home. And because of that, does that make it does that make it a refinance conversation, or have they made a decision to exit the property in the form of a listing? If they have, obviously that becomes a real estate conversation, but. Uh, helping loan officers and real estate agents through a training platform that we deliver when you rest on this platform is is critical both to us and it's critical to our client, the mortgage banker or real estate agent. And and ultimately, um, so as to deliver the right uh, solutions at the right pace, at the right time to satisfy the desires of the litigant and, and remaining sensitive and then if you stack on top of that the need for the court, the court system to understand what's happening with real property along the way. The loan officer and real estate agent are, quite frankly, they're, they're much more involved in, in that conversation than they probably recognize. Right. The court does put timelines to these actions, whether it's a refinance or a listing. And and communicating properly with the court system, et cetera, is, is an integral part in those that we onboard. So we, we are cautious. We, we love our lender partners out there. We love our real estate partners out there. Um, we certainly have space on the platform for more of them, and, and we, we, like, we like that. Um, but we are cautious. We want them to understand that this is not a sales event. This is something very, very different. And quite frankly, if I were to take my mortgage banking background, and I, I, I wouldn't speak for you, but maybe you would lean into this as well, um, that at the end of the day, that's that's a preferred way to originate, right? Yeah. It's just it's more it's it's more empathetic. You're you're really solving a problem for someone that's that's backed into a corner, and they really don't have many options. So, right. so yeah, we are we are very selective. Uh, we have great partners, and um, and I think one of the things that that helps add some fluidity to our record and the engagement cycle at the loan officer or real estate level is the app so that so that they can they can the LO or the real estate agent can help Mr. and Mrs. Smith through that progression and the app is speaking to those topics along the way and eventually solving the pro or, or solving part of the pro answering some of the questions to yeah. whether whether someone can stay or if they have to list the property. What I, what I, uh, one of the many things that, that I've come to really enjoy in, this, in these conversations and really better understand how it relates to, to tech, FinLocker in this case, FinTech, is uh, you, did, you didn't come to FinLocker looking for which button get mortgage. Um, the, the ask was really, we're looking for some technology to partner with the with our clients who are loan officers and real estate agents, and, and so it's really this combination of high tech with 
normally I'll say high tech, high touch. What I'll say here, it's high tech with very, very high touch. And, and you, you provide part of that coaching to get to that very, very high touch, all anchored around empathy. And I think, um, you know, a lot of times on these podcasts or depending on my, my guests, we'll be talking about disruption and, you know, is, is technology taking over the role of an agent and the role of a loan officer? I'm, I'm here to say that in, in this very real example, that's not the case at all. It's, it's a case where technology is, is, is helping scale the ability for an individual, a person, a loan officer, a real estate agent to provide exceptional service and solutions at some level of scale, right? Um, and so I'd love your, love your perspective on that because I don't, I don't think where you sit, absent uh, Optus's role in, 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 uh, in this program, but really looking at the industry as a whole, I don't think where you sit, you're looking at technology to significantly disrupt the loan officer real estate role going forward. Yeah, no, I love that. Not only are we not, not only as a company are we not in the business of disrupting um, any any kind of client's space, um, the, the use of fintech in the mortgage space, one, I, I know for people like me, boy, it would have changed, it would have changed my world, you know, 25 years ago, and I, and I think probably yours as well. But, but yes, to to look at to look at what tools can augment the conversation. What tools can augment um, a, a mortgage banker or real estate in, um, agent's engagement with a client, or in our case, a litigant? What 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 are those tools, and how does the app, as an example, or or fintech in general, how does that help advance the empathy involved? How does yeah. it slow down the pressure? How does by using that technology help not only the loan officer and the real estate agent, but most importantly the litigant, so that they're not getting bombarded with uh, loan officer A and loan officer B and real estate agent A and real estate agent B? If we can if we can clear that deck and and use fintech stacked on top of our record to help help that journey. Well, we've really solved for a significant problem, and it's it's not disruptive at all. In fact, it it bolsters the type of production any any partner of ours sees from the street, right? Because what the data that we hold, to your point, we, we use a little bit different terminology, and and this existed when I was at WAMU. Everyone in the industry is standing right on top of this this user. Right, the, the family law litigants, and it's it's you know some people will say, well, you can just go get that information; it's public data. No, you can't. And and what you can see from a public standpoint is so limited that it's not going to not going to advance you into the conversation. And so it's not about disruption at all. It's about using financial technology supported by the skill sets of mortgage bankers and real estate agents, and then. The, the litigant that we supply, when you pull those things together, you have solved for a significant problem, and the pool is very, very deep, unfortunately. Yeah, let's, let's uh, spend a few minutes before we wrap up just, just talking about the data, the, 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 the metrics around this pool of, of uh, people. Because <laughs> um, you, you've shared a couple different you know, metrics with me around uh, 
you know, the size of the pool is one thing. I think everyone everyone understands the divorce rate is what it is. It's high 40%, if not 50%, right? It's yeah. probably not reversing anytime soon. Um, and, but, but more significant, I think, and more interesting to me was in that set of, of data, you've got this, this percentage of uh, cases that involves real property versus not. And then you leverage or looking at the, the cases with real property, you have some interesting waterfall metrics on kind of the resol the ultimate resolution of those cases. What's, what's fascinating is the data is all there. So you, you already know what the conversion is generically, right? Meaning somebody's going to list, somebody's going to refinance. The data says what it says. This is what's happening out there today. Uh, and so maybe just let's just talk a little bit about that. Because I think yeah. it will open some people's eyes to, to what this really looks like. Yeah, great question. So so there's there's multiple parts in that question, obviously, and I'll, I'll do my best to, to kind of start from 50,000 feet. So roughly 3.6 million uh, family law filings last year in the United States, about 2.5 million of those held real property. So, and, and before I go any further, if I can, if I can um, touch on, well, what about the other 1 million? Yeah. What about the other 1 million families that went through a divorce but didn't own real property? They, too, are a wonderful conversation for a mortgage banker or a real estate agent. There's just no question about that. Just because they didn't own real property doesn't mean they're not an active or potentially an active conversation. They sure. will likely – someone is moving, right? Yeah. It doesn't mean someone's moving into home ownership, but if I can – roll back to the app for one second, as designed, it was designed to move that first-time home buyer, right? Right. And so this, that, that additional million records a year is a very interesting category. You and I have talked about that in detail. Absolutely, yeah. And so, but, but maybe uh, more importantly, or in a different capacity, the 2.5 million, roughly 2.5 million families that go through divorce, um, if there are, and this is part of the data that <clears throat> that we can see that that you couldn't capture from a public standpoint, and that is if if the case holds minor children, and what is what is the uh, what is the action requested by a litigant when there are minor children? So when there are minor children held in the case, if, if you start with 2.5 million real property holdings and there are minor children in the case, a little over 81% of the time, so it's a very substantial percentage, of those 2.5 million will want to attempt to refinance because they would prefer not to move the minor children out of the marital home. That's generally the first task. That doesn't speak to their qualification standard. Doesn't right. doesn't speak to uh, whether or not they can qualify to, to deal with a cash-out refinance. When you, when you pull the data through to the, to the actual fundable refinances, a little over 55% will fund as a, re, as a cash out refinance. So that's a pretty stable refinance channel. It's interesting to me when, when I hear uh, in, in all of the places I listen to, I'll just call it LinkedIn for a minute, yeah. and all of the conversation around the industry has shift, shifted from refinance to to purchase, that, that's true, but there's still a pretty big category, one that we happen to hold, 
that is still of refinance. But even when it is refinance, even when 55% of those are refinancing as a cash out, there's an exiting spouse that's leaving with equity that is most likely transitioning into a purchase event. Right. So if the loan officer and real estate agent are are managing that case properly, not only could they realize a, a refinance opportunity, but the transition to the, the exiting spouse as a buyer. Right. And we do, we do we do maintain all of the statistical data on how many of those convert to a new repurchase, if you will, post listing, or po- yeah, post listing or post uh, refinance. So about fifty five percent are fundable refinances. They will qualify for cash out refinance. And the equity positioning today doesn't hurt, right? Right. 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 Uh, and then uh, uh, just about 45% will fall to a forced listing. And that's the, com- that's the combined total of uh, families that will just simply elect to list the property or those that have attempted to refinance but have been declined right. for whatever reason. So, again, the, the, if you look at the data from, uh, from 50,000 feet, we know... We, we know what refinances, we actually know that by address, believe it or not, and what lists by address, and, and then what the, what the transition to new property is by an exiting spouse. So no matter what happens against one of our records, it's, it, it is supporting either the mortgage space or the real estate space, and there can be a multiple X factor there, right? Right, if right, right. Securitize, if you're working, if the lender and, and real estate agent are partnered properly with, with the joint mission of solving the problem for the litigant and they refinance, the real estate agent has an opportunity to engage a buyer. And then, I don't know, maybe that loan officer should fund that purchase transaction. Yeah. <laughs> and so the, to, to, your, to your statement, there's a lot of waterfall in here inside the individual records that... That, that I was standing on top of at WAMU and you were sure. standing on top of at Flagstar yeah. and, and everyone is, is standing on top of it. I think when you, when you take financial technology and our data sets, it changes the game completely. I think we've gone into a lot of detail about that. Yeah, this, uh, I love it. And, and uh, we could probably talk for hours on the, on this topic. I think we've, we've done that in a few different occasions already. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This, this happens to be one of our conversations we get to record. Uh, right. what I, what I was hoping to accomplish, we've accomplished. I wanted, I wanted the audience to, to hear your story, to hear the story of Optus and, and, and kind of understand, uh, from a strategy perspective, what is out there in the market. And this is a viable, viable solution. Um, you know, I think clearly uh, where we sit today, you know, Masters weekend, so it's early spring. Right. We're, we're staring at a 30-year fixed rate and a high four handle. The, the rate and term refis, you know, that were falling out of the, the trees is they've stopped. Those, those have clearly stopped. And we've gotten back into kind of an old, old school, normal mortgage origination business where it's 70-ish percent purchase, strategic refinances, which I would categorize this product in that case, is is the norm. And we're back there. And sadly, a lot of 
originators in, in the business today haven't had to exist in this kind of uh, a market. And we're going to see many of them go away. And that's, that's part of the cycle as well. But I do think there's, uh, there's an opportunity uh, for many of those that have, are newer to the business that I, I love the way new, you know, new generation loan officers think and operate. And I think with the right strategy and the right tools, they can continue to excel in, in any market. And this is the, what Optus has and, and the program you put together, Phil, I think is what any lender should be looking at, but especially those that are kind of forward leaning um, in our space. So I, I just want to thank you for, uh, for coming on and, and sharing uh, Optus with uh, our audience. We'll, uh, when we post this, we'll obviously link to, uh, to Phil and to uh, Optus so people can learn more. Um, again, thank you so much for, uh, for joining the show. Thank you, too, Brian. I very much appreciate it. Very much appreciate the relationship that we have with Finlocker, and these are uh, ongoingly exciting times in the mortgage and real estate space. And so thank you for allowing me to, to tell our story very briefly. I appreciate that. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Have a great weekend.